0: Hi, friends. Merry Christmas. It's day four of the 12 days of Christmas here at That Sounds Fun. My name is Annie F. Downs. And I'm the host of this little Christmas party. I hope you enjoyed day three yesterday with our super wise friend Chip Dodd. Be sure to go back and listen to it if you missed it. Hey, the music in the background is from our friends Rend Collective. Be sure you grab their new Christmas album, A Jolly Irish Christmas Volume 2. It is just so good. Hey, remember that you can now pre-order my new book, that shares a name with this podcast. That sounds fun. When you pre order that sounds fun, the book, you get exclusive access to the audiobook. And yes, I'm the one reading it, and I only cried twice. So you're welcome. No waiting till February when the physical book comes out. You get access now. So you order the book and you get the audiobook immediately. It has a special score behind it written just for the audiobook and some extra podcast interviews that won't be available anywhere else with Miles Adcox from On Site with Chef Corey Barrett and with Mary-Kate Morrissey from Wicked, the musical. And just a reminder, if you want to pre-order from Barnes & Noble, the first 3,000 people get a signed copy of That Sounds Fun. So you can get it there or on Amazon or, of course, at your favorite local book retailer. While you're shopping, be sure to take a look around ShopAnnieFDowns.com to see all of our fun new merch. We've got able earrings, hats, hoodies, prints, and the gospel reading plan. I mean, we really did it, you guys. So many cute things. And autograph books if you're looking to gift an autograph book this year. Our guest today is Charles Hunter. He is a personal chef, a recipe developer, and a food blogger based right here in Nashville. I started following him during the lockdown, during COVID over the... This- spring and summer, and I fell in love with his food writing, with his recipes, and then when I found out he lived in Nashville, I lost my mind and had to get him in here. He's been on the restaurant scene for a while now, and he's just such a talented and insightful friend. He's the one at our little Christmas party whose snacks you want to make sure to try. He's got some great advice for you today and some awesome thoughts about food. Also, get ready for more knowledge than you could ever imagine about brown butter. Let's talk about browning our butter. So here's my conversation with the amazing Charles Hunter. Okay, Charles Hunter, the first thing that we have to say is you walked in here to our studio with chocolate espresso scones. Yes. And the entire, I mean, they're still making sounds. The rest of the (laughs) staff on the other side of our podcast studio door are still making sounds about how delicious those are. Thank you so much. You're
1: more than welcome, and thanks for having me.
0: Is, that is a gift that we did not expect, and we are very excited about it. I was
1: it. like, there's no way I can, Annie can follow me on social media and I not bring something delicious, because all I do is, like, throw food out into the interwebs.
0: Yes. <laughs> Tell me, this is, I'm sorry if you've answered the, this a thousand times, but I started following you during the pandemic because you made fried chicken or something. What was your big thing that everybody talked about?
1: I think, it w- I think it was a fried chicken post or something of that nature.
0: Yeah. And then I was like, oh, th- I'm in on this guy. And then I was like, wait, he lives here? <laughs> like, this is my neighbor? <laughs> I was like, I'm so excited. How did this whole thing – back me up. I'm sorry if you've answered this a thousand times. How did you get into cooking professionally like this?
1: I worked in restaurants pretty much most of my life. Even from my adolescence, I was working with my – Cousins on a barbecue food truck. Before oh, yes. food trucks were even a thing or I even, like, really.
0: In what part of the world were you
1: We were about? East Tennessee. <gasps> so Oak Ridge.
0: Yes, of course.
1: Um, so I just spent, like, weekends and stuff, like, throughout school, just going with them to festivals and things on yeah. the weekend and, like, schlinging barbecue nachos and ribs <laughs> and all sorts of delicious things. That was a super fun experience. But food kind of stuck with me. And when we moved to Nashville, I was Still in the restaurant industry, but I didn't I never really liked the restaurant industry. Yeah. It's it's a little dark, it's a little seedy, and I never felt like I have thick enough skin to like, you yeah. know, really ground myself into it.
0: And it's nighttime. So it's always and it's a lot of nighttime, then, yeah.
1: a lot of dark kitchens. Yeah. I thrive on natural lighting and yeah. I need sunlight. But I mean I did that I did that for years because I was just passionate about food. I love yeah. food. And when we moved to Nashville, a couple of People asked, Hey, could you come cook for a birthday party? Hey, could you come cook for an anniversary? Yeah. And I was like, okay, this is cool. There's a demographic of people who actually want someone to come and provide this service in the privacy of their own homes. Yeah. And personal chefing is something that you see on TV and you're like, oh, that's not real. People don't do that for an actual <laughs> career choice. Right. Like, it's just something, a created show or whatever. And it just kind of started to snowball. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this is cool. And I already had a food blog. It was called The Local Fork Fool. It was so silly. I know. I love it. (laughs) And I was just sharing like my favorite restaurants and like some simple, very simple recipes that I was doing in my kitchen. And so I took the audience that I had gained from just doing the food blog on social media, rolled it over into – What I now call the Salted Table. Yes. And just kind of found a way to brand it and market it and try to make it feel authentic and be able to share my passion for food with people and be able to provide this service that I didn't know people were yearning to have or experience.
0: Yeah. Why the Salted Table? Where'd that name come from? Oh my
1: gosh. I had a list of names. And I was just walking nice. around asking family members or friends, and I put it on Facebook, and I was like, "Which one is the best? Which one is the name that you feel like kind of emulates who I am or what I do?" No one picked the name I wanted, <laughs> <laughs> and I have some. I have some silly. Now looking back, and I had some silly names on there. It was like the Butcher Block and yeah. um, Sunny Side Up, and like I just had Those all these great. like fun food names. Yeah. But the Salted Table kept jumping back out at me. Yeah. I felt like it really. Was all encompassing of a brand that I could continue to grow under and just continue to follow all these other creative avenues that I knew I eventually wanted to chase. Yes. Because I'm a, I'm a gosh, I am out of control.com creative. <laughs> yes. In a way that I'm always thinking about the next thing. Before I really fine tune or polish what I'm currently working on, wow. because I just enjoy doing so many things, and I'm like, I well, very gosh, rarely see I? you repeat. I'm like, gosh, well, how can I give people yes. all these little bits and pieces of yes. me? And, and the salted table just feels like something I can continue to grow under, and something that just really works well and doesn't limit me to anything as yeah. specific.
0: And you went to culinary school, right?
1: I did. So I did. you've got
0: the bonus of like growing up with grandma, great grandma cousins that are chefs and you have the actual like training that Mm -hmm. the majority of us don't have
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) well i knew i always knew a lot about cooking and i could just get in the kitchen and create things just because i watched my family members do it with ease and like they just made it look effortless And so I was very familiar with how ingredients and things work together, but I never really understood the science behind it or how to kind of be able to be able to push myself to do other things or like to expand farther into baking Mm -hmm. versus just cooking. So culinary school really helped me become more well-rounded. Yeah, because I think
0: every southerner thinks they can cook great.
1: This is true. Most of us can. This is true.
0: We don't know the science.
1: Yeah. I don't we, know why, but, but, we but can,
0: I threw goat cheese in a soup last night and fixed it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but <I don't> know <laughs> exactly. <why. laughs> exactly. You can start pulling stuff out of a pantry and make something incredible. Yes. And people will be like, how you, what's the recipe? Be like, there's no recipe. You just, mm-hmm. it's intuitive. Right. And it's just like about being resourceful.
0: But there's something about the training that is so important. Because mm-hmm. you can yeah. tell me why that goat cheese changed that soup. Yes. I can just tell you, I was like, something's missing. And I went <laughs> digging. That's what happened. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Where did you go f- for culinary school?
1: I went to the Real Maples Institute of Culinary Arts in Sevierville. So it's right next door to Pigeon Ford. I was about to say, that's right there it's in Dollywood like, Wood it's really would. It's, it's like in Dollywood's backyard. Yes. Yeah.
0: If I would have known that I could live right there and go to culinary school. Right. Oh, my gosh.
1: And you get into Dollywood free free like X amount of times a year. And then you get like all these discounts. I really love Dollywood. The time I spent there was excellent yeah. just because dollywood was a major perk <laughs> <laughs> i mean i
0: love that place so much mm-hmm. the cinnamon bread have you made the cinnamon bread
1: the cinnamon bread yes
0: i tried that recipe one we can time we could have a
1: whole podcast just talking about the cinnamon bread it,
0: <laughs> it is whatever they dip it in that butter uh, stuff
1: that butter stuff that's what makes that's it that's
0: the magic for that yes. i think the rest of it is yes. like that's a yeast bread okay that's yeah. cinnamon sugar but there's something in there
1: I went on a media tour with them last year and watched them. Got to watch them like make it and yeah. learned a little bit more about it. And I was just like, oh, "We're gonna take like six loaves of this home." Yeah, it's literally <laughs> fresh out of the oven. It's
0: unbelievable. Yeah, oh it is. Gosh. I when I tried to make it during COVID, I tried to do a couple of recipes while we were mm-hmm. stuck at home, and it is. It was so intense. I was like, okay, I'll just go to I'd rather I, drive to Dallas. I mean, Dollywood.
1: it is labor. I'd rather order it. Like, yeah. I'd rather ship it overnight <laughs> than even try to recreate That's it right. is how I feel about it.
0: That's exactly right. I have a phrase that we had uh Chef Corey Barrett on from – he won Spring Baking Championship mm-hmm. last year on Food Network. And he was on the show a couple – maybe last year. And he's in my new book. That sounds fun. but. He said a phrase. I would love for you to tell me if this is true for you. He said, cooking is medicine.
1: Yeah. I would even replace medicine with therapy. Really? I call it cheap therapy. Really? Yeah. Tell like me why. If I'm feeling stressed or like anxiety or like I I bake. Yeah. I cook. I just, I create. I just go in the kitchen and create.
0: What does that do for you? I
1: mean, ugh, it's like, my dad always had these talks with me in the car on the way to school about natural high.
0: Uh-huh.
1: So he was always giving me the anti-drug.
0: Yes, just saying. Anti-alcohol no yep. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and he'd be like, you know, it, life is all about finding things that give you a natural high. So like, you know, if we're playing pool together or ping mm-hmm. pong or if we're building something together or if we're creating in any way, shape or form that doesn't have negative repercussions on our life, it's a natural high. And so I feel like baking and cooking is just like my natural high. It's just that thing I turn to. Yeah. That's positive versus something negative that won't do me any good in the long run. Yes. At least at, when I get done cooking, I have something delicious to eat.
0: Yeah, that's <laughs> right. That's right. How, uh, what is your brain doing? Because a lot of our friends listening, maybe they haven't picked up cooking as a hobby. Mm-hmm. And, or they just think, I'm, I'm not good at this. I don't have a big enough kitchen. I can't shop at Whole Foods. All those things are false negatives. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. None of those should stop you. Yeah. So if they're starting, what what's going on in your brain when you're making a, a chicken dish or a pork dish while you're stressed? How is that calming your brain down?
1: Mm, I think because it's all about the journey mm. and knowing that there's something that someone else will be able to enjoy at the end of it. Oh, wow. So it's like I get a lot of joy out of seeing people enjoy, out of seeing people Really take comfort and enjoy something that I've created. Yeah. So I think it's the ability to create, see the results, and then see someone else also partake and enjoy that thing that you have done.
0: I mean, your wife, Jenna, must have the best life <laughs> ever. Do y'all have kids
1: yet? No. Okay. We've got some frozen embryos, but yeah. we're, we can't decide when to unthaw them.
0: Okay. Okay. <laughs> so it's just the two of y'all for now. Yeah. And And so she's eating good every meal. Yes. Okay.
1: She does. She eats well, and she asks for things on demand, and <laughs> she gets them.
0: Really? She get like? Are they, does she ever bring to you like? I saw this thing on TV. Would you make that? And you like figure N- it out?
1: No. She's she's a real comfort food kind of girl. Uh-huh. Um. So she wants she wants simple things too. She wants like chocolate chip pancakes in the morning. Yeah. Or like something that her mom used to make or some casserole dish or I'll get fancy every once in a while. She recently went vegetarian on me last year, which has been a struggle. (laughs) A little bit of a struggle. But like... Expanding
0: your skill set.
1: Yeah, but I'll just try to play around and make her some really nice vegetarian dishes or whatever. But... She's not too hard to please. Yeah,
0: she's still a vegetarian, still sticking yeah, with she's it. Yeah,
1: she still – she will – she might hate me for this. She will cheat sure. for a Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich.
0: Well, won't we all? But <laughs> <laughs> Whatever plan we're on, we'll cheat for a Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich. One of the things you have to think about so much when you're vegan or vegetarian is getting enough protein. Mm-hmm. So that also adds to your brain, I can't just make a pile of vegetables. Yeah, that is – it's hard.
1: Yeah, yeah. Once you start to, like – I mean, after you do some of, like, the basic research and you start to navigate which vegetables you do and don't like and which ones are proteins and all the things that you need, you you kind of create your own world that you can just kind of work within, and yeah. then it seems a lot easier. But it's yeah. definitely a journey. It's not easy. Yeah. Like vegetarian or being a vegan, I mean, to take some legwork.
0: I know we're at Christmas time, but I've got to talk to, about one summer thing with you: summer mm-hmm. tomatoes. Yes. You may it, forgive me for not exactly remembering, but I feel like you have a trick about tomato sandwiches or something special you do with tomato sandwiches. How do you make a tomato sandwich?
1: Tomato sandwiches. Um. Mm, so I I do a couple of. Well, I do a couple of different things. One is I like to salt and pepper them Mm -hmm. and then kind of let some of the juice um, run out onto the bread. So it has that smushability because there's something about white white bread bread sandwiches. It's got to be white bread. Just like being able to press down (laughs) on them. (laughs) Um I also like to do a little pan sear on both sides of the tomato just to caramelize those natural that sugars. That was it. That was it.
0: You put it in a pan. Uh-huh. I knew and then there was something I remember seeing you do.
1: Dukes mayonnaise involved.
0: Okay, <laughs> this is we're about to do some hot takes right here. Do, may, uh, what's the Miracle Whip? That's not even that's not even welcome in this no, conversation.
1: No, not at all. That Can't is, come in the room, not no. invited to the party. No, no. no. <laughs> no
0: that is, I don't need you at Christmas. I don't need you year-round. No, miracle Whip is not welcome. No. Dukes? Hellman's and what's the other one? Blue Rip? What? Blue Plate. Blue Plate.
1: Mm-hmm. You're Dukes all the time. I am Dukes ninety eight point nine percent of the time. Who
0: gets your one point one?
1: If Blue Plate is on sale, okay. I'll grab it.
0: Okay, I've never had. I grew up in Georgia.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Never lived. I've never lived outside of the South except when I lived in Scotland. So mm-hmm. mayonnaise is a different thing over there. We are a Hellman's family. Is that weird?
1: No, it's not out of the norm. I we have a couple. I have a couple of family members who are Hellman's people.
0: Talk about the difference. Tell me about Hellman's slide.
1: Hellman's can slide. You know, (laughs) it can come hang out with us. It's welcome. Yeah, it can come to the lunch table.
0: Describe the three for people. Tell people the difference between Duke's Hellman's. So
1: Duke's really figured out. I feel like Duke's figured out the equation. Like it has the perfect acidity, the perfect creaminess, Mm -hmm. the perfect amount of salt. It's just very well balanced. Okay, mayonnaise. Blue plate, I feel like, is a little bit thinner. doesn't have as much body. Oh. And then Hellman's, I feel like, is the perfect, like, the understudy.
0: Okay, okay. Yeah, like,
1: <laughs> have it in the back of the pantry ready to That's step right. up front when...
0: When you're, you, got, you need yeah, half a cup. Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> and you've exactly. only got a fourth of a cup left of mm-hmm. your uh, Dukes. I also, th- my, in my experience of Dukes and Hellman's, Dukes... I like better in recipes. Hellman's is my tomato sandwich. Duke's is my potato salad. I've I've like switched over to. I like, can applaud I can that. Yeah, that. but but for I mean, I just grew up always doing a piece of white bread and a sl- big slab of mm-hmm. mayonnaise and a big slab of tomato. It's
1: sometimes even sharp cheddar.
0: Okay. Yeah,
1: just some cold, sharp cheddar slices. Yes.
0: When do you turn it to a BLT? When do you add that bacon?
1: You know what? So here's the thing. I was never a big BLT person. Okay. My family, my dad always ate bacon, mayonnaise, and white bread sandwiches.
0: Bacon, mayonnaise, white bread.
1: Horrible for wow, you. Wow, yeah. Absolutely horrible for <laughs> That's you. That's high in but natural fats. <laughs> literally, yes. But literally, like, a sheet pan of bacon has to be super crispy. Like yeah. Here at Crunch. Yep. Mayonnaise lathered on both sides of the white bread, probably like eight slices of bacon.
0: Oh, I love your dad so much.
1: (laughs) Press down, squeeze together, so the mayonnaise starts to make the white bread almost like transparent, translucent. Oh,
0: that is so much. It
1: is is a heavenly concoction, but oh my gosh. (laughs) You should have one a year.
0: That's it. That's right. That's right. You should let yourself have <laughs> but one But it would made a, a
1: regular appearance at the house. That is wild.
0: <laughs> yeah, so then that doesn't do anything for you with BLTs because you're like, either give me tomato or give me bacon.
1: Yeah, I never I never hung out in the BLT world a whole lot. Okay. I'll eat one. Yeah, sure. But I mean, because iceberg lettuce, the crunch is uncomfortable. Yeah, I can yeah. do the
0: B and the T. The L I'll do if mm-hmm, I need to, but mm-hmm. the B and the T I'm here for. Oh, Hey friends, taking a short break from this conversation with Charles to give a shout out to our amazing partners, Thistle Farms. A couple of weeks ago, I told you about them, an incredible organization helping women survivors of trafficking, prostitution, and addiction. They sent me some of the candles from their new healing collection and I just can't, like I can't decide which one is my favorite. There's the Focus candle with like cedarwood and mint, helps with concentration and creativity. And the balance one is lemon and lavender, really enhances your mood. Or the calm scent with sweet orange and vanilla that helps you with anxiety. You can't go wrong. Lighting a candle is incredibly symbolic at Thistle Farms. They've lit a candle every day for over 20 years to symbolically light the way home for the next woman coming off the street. I just love how meaningful their work is. You can help light the way home too, by getting a candle at thistlefarms.org. And if you use the code, that sounds fun, you get 15% off at thistlefarms.org. Again, thistlefarms.org and use the code that sounds fun for 15% off. And now back to our conversation with Charles Hunter. Where do you love to eat out in Nashville? What restaurants are you just, like, jungle for?
1: Well, gosh, COVID has kind of flipped my world upside I down know. a little bit. I, Marche Artisan was always on our list of, I like, believe- just it's
0: closed, right? solid
1: places to eat. I mean, there's still Margot, so you still have an, you still have a great option.
0: Marche's the first place. I moved here in 2008. Is that y'all too? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, around the same time.
0: And that was the first restaurant I ever went to was Marche. So and I thought, I can live here.
1: Just solid. Yes. So good. And so
0: COVID closed them.
1: Yeah. Wow, shut it down. that makes me really sad. Um, Lachlan Table.
0: I have not done it oh, yet. Everyone comfort. talks oh, about it. Gosh. Do you live in East Nash? Mm,
1: no. Okay. No, we but live in South there. Nashville. Okay. But um, yeah, um, Lachlan Table's 18-minute trip. So. Yeah, yeah. Delicious comfort food done well to the max. Yep. Like, How is is so creative.
0: Can I name drop and you can give yes. me thumbs up or thumbs down? You can tell the truth because I'm not friends with any of these people. Okay. <laughs> uh, and, and we if we just tell the truth here on That Sounds Fun. City House.
1: I like City House. Okay. I like City House. Okay. Yes. It,
0: if you're picking Italian in Nashville, where are you going? Because City House is where I go to for the pizza and the gnocchi and the...
1: Yeah. It is... I don't know. I okay. can't say I've actually... I found like an Italian spot where I'm yeah. like, this is this is it. Yes. I do love City House though for Rebecca Turston's desserts. Oh my gosh. She knows her way around some sugar and flour. She, so <laughs> she does not play. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, burger and, uh, Up. I do like burger. I'm sad they took away fried mushrooms. I'm hoping they come back. I know. Like, what was that about? I know.
0: Why like, did COVID take away fried my mushrooms? My spirit
1: is vexed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not <laughs> here for that. Yeah.
0: That's right. Okay, you're the you're the barbecue guy. I grew up doing barbecue trucks. Who. I mean, this is a conversation in this town. Oh
1: my gosh!
0: Wits or Martins or Edley's or
1: okay, so we know Martins is definitely on the list. Yes, I can't say people might hate me for this, but I can't say that I've actually found my ultimate barbecue spot that I have to keep going back.
0: Wow! To no one over hates you for that. You're over allowed to feel yet? that. I mean, you grew up yeah. making it, so yeah. it's hard to.
1: I enjoy. I, I enjoy. I enjoy several different barbecue places in town, but I kind of feel like it's one of those things too. Like when you start to produce it on a massive scale, yeah, it doesn't have that same spark. Yep. So I would love to find like some hole in the wall. Barbecue joint yeah. that just stays that whole. What little do you need?
0: Well, that's what's gonna happen though. Here's what yeah. here's the problem with people like you and me is we find that <laughs> and we put that on Instagram.
1: This is true. And then we broke the
0: secret. <laughs> we, we broke the thing we love. It's so true. Because the minute you find it, I'm gonna text you and be like, "Did you find it? Did you find it? Did you find it?" And you're gonna say yes, and then we're gonna ruin everything. So don't tell me. Just never tell this is me. It's true. When we get this to heaven, be like, Annie, I found it. I just never could tell you. I just
1: drop you off a taco box and it'd be like unmarked. <laughs>
0: okay. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> 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 what is it that makes barbecue right to you? Cuz there's so many different kinds. There's Texas and mm, your Carolina
1: barbecue guy. Yeah. I don't know. It has it has to be seasoned well. Okay. All about that smoke ring and tender. Yeah. Like I don't know. Barbecue is like one of the, like almost like one of the like epitome of comfort food to me But so it's like a good bowl of chicken and dumplings.
0: Okay, chicken so, and dumplings is your number one. That's what oh I was going to ask you. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. Talk to me now. Eyes. I need you
0: know that my dad, that we call him Mister F Downs, around here, my mm-hmm. dad makes has made homemade chicken and dumplings my whole life. The dumplings are thin uh, rectangles, not biscuits. So
1: he's almost the noodle dumpling. Yeah, yeah. but they
0: they puff up a little bit. Mm-hmm. But they are not. A lot of people do dumplings as biscuits.
1: Yeah. So What's he's your, making more he's making more noodle, less biscuit.
0: Yeah, we what you, you lay the whole thing out and then you slice the whole the whole thing. I'm not describing this well. This is why you're the chef and I'm not. Mm-hmm. You roll out the dough and then you slice it into strips about four inches wide mm-hmm. and about five inches tall. Mm-hmm. And, one, and and when you put it in the pot of boiling chicken soup, mm-hmm. you're sliding back. The dumplings and dropping a new one in. Sliding it back, dropping mm-hmm. it in because they rise to the top. Okay, they're... very
1: similar to my technique. Oh, probably yeah. My dumplings are a little smaller, though. Uh, okay. But I am a biscuit I am a biscuit recipe dumpling person. Okay,
0: but you don't do the big pie. Yeah, because I think the recipe is probably biscuit, but we don't pile. Some of them have, like, a full biscuit on Oh, top.
1: yeah. Some of them do the whole, like, pull a chunk.
0: Yes. And yeah, yeah.
1: drop. I'm not a fan. Me neither. I'm not a fan. It's like trying to be matzo ball soup and we can't imitate that. <laughs>
0: we can't. Don't do that down here. <laughs> we're not going to do that. What we're to no. do. Okay, mm. so that's what you is that your number 1 <laughs> thing you make for yourself for comfort food? Uh
1: yes, or yeah. like a pot of greens. I love a good pot of oh. greens with a piece of like smoked meat in it and like cornbread? boiled rutabagas and yeah, turnips okay. and cornbread. And will you mm.
0: explain to people what pot liquor is?
1: Oh my gosh, pot liquor is the magical broth mm. left behind when you make a pot of greens. Mm-hmm. And I always turn greens or collard, turnip greens? Greens, collard greens, mustard greens. I've you we even used to cook kale down. Oh yeah. Um As kids, or my my grandmother would even make. You'd have a if she had a little bit of several things. So like friends had brought her or yeah. her garden yielded several things, but not enough to make a full pot. You could have a pot with mustard kale and collards all, all in of the them. same. Yeah, sure. Yeah, happening. Yeah. But pot is that beautiful broth you're left behind with. And I drink it. People are always like, what do you do with the leftover yep. pot liquor? Cause I always have leftover. I'm like, you can freeze it as ice cubes and then like keep it in a bag and use it to like flavor other soups. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to drink it as a tea. So really? just like warm it up in a coffee mug um, and drink it. It's kind of like a tincture kind of vibe to it. Um, and never it, it never went to waste. Yummy. Oh yeah. my gosh, yeah. yeah, it never went to waste. Yeah, I so think that's good. so fascinating. Or even just taking a piece of hot buttermilk cornbread and yes. putting it in a bowl and then pouring that broth, that pot liquor over it.
0: <laughs> I wish people could see your face. I wish this was video. <laughs> You're just relaxing into that <laughs> memory moment of silence. Um Let's talk. <laughs> One of the questions when I'm thinking about Christmas and when I'm thinking about 2020, I know that a lot of people have complicated relationships with food. Mm-hmm. And and they either this year they either turn to food and comfort and feel some regret about that, mm-hmm. or they are afraid of the holidays because they don't want to like let a rip tater chip and just like yeah. eat like crazy. How do we appropriately handle comfort foods?
1: Well, you definitely have to be mindful about what it is you're consuming and how often you're consuming it. And also, the beautiful thing about comfort foods in itself is I think we always think hearty, bad-for-you kind of eating. But I also think comfort food can be – I mean, I, I think it's about also being able to change your perspective. So mm-hmm. I think comfort food could also be a bowl of fruit with a dollar of yogurt on it and some granola. Yeah. Um, let, comfort bo- let comfort food be something other than for you versus a specific thing. So I love a good salad, like – I treat it as if it was a restaurant salad. So, like you know, uh-huh. I break out my stainless steel bowl and my tongs, and uh-huh. I put the dressing in the bottom of the bowl, and then I start layering in all the toppings that I want. And all salads—yes, and all salads are great with more toppings. Yeah. So, like, always keep like dried cranberries, and keep granola, and keep an onion, and a tomato, and a cucumber, and these things around. I mean, there's things. They're not overwhelmingly expensive, and they keep well Mm -hmm. for a good amount of time. Yeah. So it's like you're putting all those things in your bowl, and you just toss that and, like, pile it up beautifully and chill your plate first.
0: Chill your plate? Chill your
1: plate in the fridge or put it in the freezer if you really want an icy cold for your salad creations or your granola yogurt bowl creations. Like, chill your bowl. Just, like, do those little special things for yourself just to kind of elevate it. Because sometimes I feel like we think – healthier foods are punishment for something we've done wrong when well, yeah. they can totally be comfort foods. That's really good. If done good. well.
0: Yeah. Chill your plates and bowls. Mm-hmm. I have never. Do you warm your plates and bowls too?
1: Definitely if you're, like, entertaining. Yeah. You just kind of like want a little, wow, a little wow factor. And it gives people time to take pictures of their food because we're in – Social media, it needs to be grammed first. Which
0: is the first thing I did when you brought in those chocolate expresso. It did not happen if you didn't gram it. That's right. That's right. Man, that's such a good take. The because I think there is some fear in me, maybe, and maybe Mm -hmm. in some. I I tend to think if I'm not the only one who feels something, and so I think, man, with with the holidays, there's so many options. Whether with Thanksgiving, whether we were with family or not, with Christmas, it's going to be different for everybody Mm -hmm. this year. I just don't. I, I want us to be friends with food, but not be lovers with food.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, or enemies. Yeah, definitely. Like, don't don't make food the villain. Yeah. Like, just change just change your perspective about it. And yeah. moderation is everything. Yes, moderation is everything. That's what the freezers for. Like, break it down into smaller compartments, and yeah. then come back to it.
0: I mean, if I make something that I know isn't great for me, but I love, mm-hmm. is when I invite people over.
1: Yes, or like, gifted. I've yes. gotten in, like, COVID had me, like, baking and, like, doing stuff like crazy, but you just gifted. Yes. I went and got to-go box things from Costco and Sam's Club and just, like, give it away. Yeah.
0: <laughs> right. That's exactly right. So some of our friends listening are on a different budget this year than they've ever been. Mm-hmm. How do we still do great Christmas food and great holiday treats and all that stuff and and live on a tighter budget than we've been able to before?
1: Oh my gosh, stop demonizing canned food. <laughs> okay,
0: really? It doesn't have <laughs> yeah. to be fresh.
1: No, it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be fresh. If that's not in your budget, I mean, canned food is a way of preservation that goes back I mean Centuries. They know what they're so, doing. Yeah. yeah. They've, they've figured it out. Yep. So definitely don't be afraid of um, using canned items. I mean, green beans, corn, all those beautiful beets. Yeah. All those things are there, all the shelves for you to utilize.
0: And to me, like the frozen okra, I'm like. Oh, my gosh,
1: frozen. Even frozen vegetables over canned vegetables. Yeah. Yeah, frozen corn is way better than canned corn, and the prices aren't that far from each other. Yeah. So, so, definitely.
0: Yeah, it just feels yeah. like in in 2019, maybe we were trying to use all the fresh things and, you know, mm-hmm. turn over a new leaf and budget-wise. There's such an, an emphasis
1: different. on it in food media yeah, to get the best and be at the grocery and be at the farmer's market, rise and shine. But, I'm like, that gets expensive. <laughs> right. I love supporting local farmers, but, man. Yes. I mean, it's the difference of literally spending, like hundred dollars at the farmers market and all the groceries that you want, or like spending sixty at the grocery yes. store. So do what's right for you. Yeah, don't feel don't feel pressured.
0: Yeah, you're doing this theme is kind of happening with this whole episode with you of like. There's balance here. Yeah. There's balance here. Definitely. You support we, your local farmer, And we continually
1: going through seasons in life. Yeah. Like, it's, it's never, it's not always going to be consistent.
0: Yeah. Okay, talk so to me about seasonally, seasonal cooking. Do you think about what's, I mean, I guess that's what you determine the fresh part.
1: I do a lot of seasonal cooking because when it comes to our company, I make seasonal menus. Okay. You'll get four different menus a year. And then we do a lot of customization just because somebody might have a theme or something in mind. Yeah. So yeah, I'm always trying to figure out like I like call the farmers or like yeah. stalk their Instagram to yeah. see what they are like, <laughs> what they're going to be growing that season, and I try to institute some of those things into our menus. But yeah, I do seasonal cooking, but there's a caveat to that because if I'm craving asparagus in the depth of winter,
0: right. <laughs> I'm going to
1: get a stock of asparagus. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, right. Farmers or if my, do that somewhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or if my if my if my clients want it, yeah. Well, I can be like, no, you can't have that for three more months.
0: So what is your, yeah, you're like, sorry, <laughs> figure it out yourself. Um, grow it. So what is your normal, like, a Tuesday look like? Are you cooking for, do you deliver food to families or to events every day? So
1: I've pivoted a bit since covid because it got kind of, it was a little weird for people to have yeah. people in their homes. But um, oh, right,
0: because normally it would be yeah. Going, we come,
1: yeah. I have staff, and we come over and like prepare meals. So I pivoted to doing the drop-off meals, and then I have clients I do meal prep for okay. weekly. So I literally like create a menu for them, send it over. They'll approve it, and then I'll make all those items, package it up. All they have to do is reheat it, put it in a bowl. Kind what of a, a situation. dream life! And then I was <laughs> like, well. I'll start doing delivery meals, so I'd create a menu weekly whenever my clients weren't in town or yeah. whatever it was. I just kind of like folded that into the operation of the business. Okay. And so yeah, I just created what a seasonal menu is, prefix X amount of dollars, and we bring it to you the day wow. of. And so, yeah. do you
0: still? I mean, are, are you? Were you back to where you're able to be in people's homes?
1: No, no, not nearly as much as we were. So I'm still doing the drop-off meals and still doing the meal prep for clients.
0: Yeah. Wow. How many – is it your full day every day?
1: No, not my full day every day. It's just a few days out of the week. really. Yeah. But then I've started – I pivoted into also doing some food writing and brand sponsorships. And so now I'm kind of like entering back into the – Yeah, because you're internet famous. I'm going – well, I don't want to know about famous. (laughs) But (laughs) I'm kind of moving back a little more into the blogger life because I I took a heavy foot out of blogging and moved into the chef life. Um and now I'm kind of like it's like full circle.
0: I mean it's because whatever that ki- that window is where you stand and take your pictures mm-hmm. makes your food 8% more beautiful <laughs> than I could ever do. So you've got the natural it lighting. It is all
1: about the the pouring in light from the backyard. Yes. And I had – it was funny because when I first started doing this, I was like, how does everyone take all these beautiful pictures and where are they getting these backdrops? And I realized people were buying backdrops and stuff like that. And I was like, well, I'm too lazy to go get like five backdrops out of my garage and drag them in the house. So I had a custom dinner table built by this couple over in East Nashville that was my aesthetic. Oh, wow. And it was like – I cook it at the stove and I walk eight feet over to the table and take yeah. a picture of it and then yeah. We eat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's it. And then you post it. So, yeah, it was a beautiful situation.
0: During quarantine when we were all stuck at home, was there anything you made that was brand new that you were like, this is a staple in my life now? Like, did you experiment with anything you loved?
1: Mm, oh, cinnamon rolls. <gasps> you I did. made peach cobbler cinnamon rolls. Yes. I went over really well. It went crazy on Twitter. Yes. And then people were actually making them and sending me pictures of them. And I was like, Oh man, I translated a recipe well for people. Yeah. Because that is that in itself is a feat sometimes. So uh-huh. like because like as a sh- as a chef or pastry chef know this well. Like if you're just at home creating, you're like you have to backtrack and be like, Wait, how much baking soda did I put in there? How much oh, wow. baking powder? Because trying to translate recipes or dictate how you did a recipe for people is not the easiest thing sometimes sure, yeah. yeah it's kind of like you have to have some familiarity or experience with the ingredients
0: um, do you see a cookbook in your future
1: i do okay, I, I do so. and i've and i've had people i've had some people knocking on the door but i have to motivate myself to do it because nowadays they want you to almost pretty much have the cookbook and then they just kind of like Clean it up and review it for yeah. you, and I'm just like, that's a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of investment. <laughs> right. Do I need to start a GoFundMe for a cookbook? <laughs> right. I mean, you do have a Patreon, though, right? I do have a Patreon, join. yeah, yeah, do we look yeah, up yeah. Under
0: your name or under Salted Table?
1: The Salted Table or Charles Hunter III should okay. pull it up, okay. but yeah, the Salted Table. And what do your
0: Patreon people get?
1: So, the Patreon people, it's only $6 a month. So, I mean, you just skip a cup of Starbucks coffee, yeah, um, and then you get exclusive recipes that I won't share anywhere else. So, you just have extra access what? to whatever yeah. Oh, so I'm and I'm trying and I'm still navigating these waters because I'm like this is really fun but I'm trying to like, figure out like what content are people interested in yeah. and what should I share do I always need a hard-lined recipe with like numbers or can I just talk about how I created yeah. something so I'm trying to figure out what kind of content that audience wants and what I want to give them to make it really worthwhile
0: what's the cooking world like? Uh, in podcasting, do you listen to any cooking podcasts? I
1: like, I listen to a little bit of Bon Appetit's podcast. Uh, I think they call it a food cast, Milk Street.
0: I like Milk Street.
1: Um, really good, really good. And then there's, there's another one, it's a Flower Hour.
0: Yeah, I've heard someone say that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Um, and then there's a Gastro one. There's a few fun ones out there, and I listen to them. Yeah, I listen to them occasionally. If, like, I want some inspiration for something, I'll try to find that topic in podcast format.
0: Hey, friends, just interrupted this convo one more time to tell you about our incredible partners, Freshly. It's no secret that life can feel complicated, especially now. And like a lot of people, I know that my family and friends are looking for hacks to make life a little simpler. It's what Charles and I are talking about. We all spend a ton of our time in the kitchen, so how about some kitchen Simplicity Well, that's where Freshly comes in They know, they get it We want our food to be good, good for us And not too complicated to prepare Well, Freshly's nutritionists and chefs Create meals made with whole food ingredients That taste great and are better for you They do all the planning and prepping and cooking All you have to do is heat for three minutes And dinner is done These days, going to the grocery store has its challenges, the masking, the distancing. But with Freshly, you can skip all that and enjoy fully prepared dinners delivered fresh, not frozen, right to your door. Simply order online or on the Freshly app and choose from over 30 delicious, satisfying, better-for-you meals like steak peppercorn or harvest time chicken risotto. Delish. Join one and a half million satisfied Freshly users and skip the shopping, the prepping, the cooking, the cleanup. For a limited time, Freshly is offering our friends $40 off their first two orders at Freshly.com slash sounds fun. That's Freshly.com slash sounds fun. And now back to our conversation with Charles. Okay, let's talk about Christmas for a minute. Yeah. What are some Christmas recipes that we need to bring in to our holidays this year that maybe we haven't tried before? What do you recommend? Like, what's a Christmas dinner look like for you? What's Christmas breakfast?
1: So, interesting thing about Christmas versus Thanksgiving is that they run close parallels. Yes. uh, The interesting thing is it could be the same menu on accident. True story. So, it's like some people were like, oh, we had turkey for Thanksgiving, but we had lamb for Christmas, I'm like, oh, right. we had um, turkey and ham again for about yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we do. That's exactly right. That's right. B- but I feel like, you know what? I feel like people love to kind of, like, do their tradition. I think we get really caught up in tradition. But I say have a little fun with the recipes that you're kind of used to. And then maybe, like, veer off the path a little bit and add Something a little extra, something a little different. So, like, maybe you brown the butter that goes in your mac and cheese roux.
0: People don't even know. Browning butter is like, such a game changer. I mean, it has such a beautiful depth of flavor. Brown butter Rice Krispie Treats.
1: Yeah, oh, my gosh. Dude, yeah. It is oh. a
0: different game. Oh, my gosh. How do you? What's that line between brown and burned?
1: So here's the thing that I don't think a lot of people know about browning butter. So, like, once you put the stick of butter in the pot, it starts to melt, it starts to foam, that fat starts to cook away, you get those little brown bits in the bottom. Always have a cold piece of butter right there ready to go in the pot to slow it down. And it's called pumping the brakes. Okay, yes. (laughs) So Better. you're keeping it from burning. Okay. Yeah, and then remove it from the eye. And just okay. let that cold piece of butter melt and there and it, pre- it preserves it. And you have your beautifully browned butter. It won't go any farther. It won't burn on you.
0: What a great, like, here's one thing you can do different at Christmas. Anywhere that you are going to have melted butter, yeah, change it to brown butter.
1: Chocolate chip cookies, macaroni and cheese, even your cornbread dressing or your stuffing, <sighs> brown the butter.
0: Oh, what a great tip. I haven't yeah. ever had browned butter yeah. that I know of. Well... I've never made a brown butter savory. I've only done it for Rice Krispie Treats and cookies. But I have had, like, brown butter and sage uh, ravioli kind of stuff.
1: Oh, my God. Sage. Fry your sage.
0: Tell me how to do that. Tell me how to fry my sage. Okay,
1: so just a shallow saute pan of oil. Literally, like, maybe a quarter of a cup of oil. Just barely cover the bottom of the pan. Pluck all the leaves off. Have a... Towel or a couple of paper napkins or something right next to the pan. Once the oil gets warm, you can just kind of like put your palm over the top and feel the heat coming off the oil. Put in those sage leaves. There's going to be a little bit of popping because of the moisture in them. Once you start to see dark dots start to form Uh in the sage, or it starts to become translucent, which is a little hard to determine if you don't have an eye for it, but it starts to it starts to turn color. So it gets dark, darker and richer. Pull it out and put it on the paper towel or the towel and it will finish cooking. Ah, okay. On that. And then it's just like let it hang out there for a second. I usually like, I like to sprinkle a little bit of sea salt on it. Okay. And it will get nice and crispy and then you can just kinda like crunch those leaves over your dressing or your oh, over yeah. your after you slice the turkey, put some crumbled fried sage. Over it, and it just so—it's so, it's just so good. <laughs> it's so Crumble good. it on soup, uh, chicken oh, and dumplings. On
0: soup, okay. Oh my god,
1: it's a garnish for all for all things. Okay, it's I, so good.
0: Your training came in when you said because of the moisture content. I was like, that's seriously <laughs> you and me. I'm like, uh, it's going bubble when you drop it in there. You're gonna be all right, and you're like, there's moisture. Um Okay, so I was watching Gordon Ramsay's masterclass, mm-hmm. and he says. Every chef, ha- when he was talking about growing your own herbs, mm-hmm. he said every chef has their own like four or three that they use a lot because it's almost like a perfume. Mm-hmm. Like you're gonna be, and he said so. Just grow the four that you use the most. Yes. So, what's your herb perfume? What are the your go tos that you always have around?
1: Basil. Okay. And I love Thai basil. Okay. Um, what's
0: the difference between basil and Thai basil? Is there? So. There gosh. must be.
1: I feel like so th- I'm hopefully I, I articulate this well. But I feel like Thai basil is more perfumed. Okay. And brighter than just yeah. your, your typical basil. Okay.
0: That's interesting. Um,
1: it's so good. Okay. So I always I typically always grow Thai basil. I always have rosemary. Okay. Because rom- rosemary works really well from sweet to savory applications for me. Oh, okay. So, like, I would have also thrown, like, some rosemary in those chocolate scones just mm-hmm. because it pairs well with okay. a lot of things. Ros- sorry, rosemary, Thai basil, usually always oregano, mm-hmm. and thyme.
0: Okay, and thyme. I and mint. Love and
1: thyme. mint just keeps coming back every year, so I just keep it. Yeah. <laughs> and I love chocolate <laughs> mint.
0: Chocolate- I do.
1: Chocolate mint is delicious. I mean, I mean, just
0: putting a real thing of mint in your tea.
1: Oh, my God. Just a sprig. Just, yes. Yeah.
0: It is so good. Easy breezy. Okay. Thinking of brunch on Christmas morning.
1: Brunch, Christmas morning. I feel like we need to get back to quiche. Okay, I don't yeah. feel like people yeah. make quiche get anymore. It yeah. It's just so easy, and it's a great way to clean out the fridge. It's a great way to get rid of that last piece, that last quarter of onion, those few shallots that are starting to shrivel up down there. Yeah. <laughs> um. The last four or five eggs you have sitting around, uh, yeah, plans for. So, I've, are you
0: a shell or no shell quiche guy? Because I guess without a shell, it's a frittata. So I'm. It it's is. Just a quiche I like I like shell. my
1: I like my crust. Yeah. I like my crust, and I like deep dish quiche. Okay. I don't want the shallow stuff.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah, like a big thick piece of yeah egg.
1: Yeah, and then okay. I love to put like make take like some sour cream and mayonnaise and chives. Salt, pepper, and make like a creme freshy dollop of oh, something yeah. to go on top of okay. it. We're grazers, so I like them. I like to have like some sliced cheese out. Mm-hmm. Or my in-laws love the cheese ball. You know the oh, port wine. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I don't know. Maybe You're just great kind at charcuterie. Oh my gosh, that would make a great. I, I why aren't we doing charcuterie for brunch? Right. Actually. Why are we doing snack boards? And I cheese need you to know for my fortieth birthday party,
0: the thing I asked for <laughs> was a charcuterie, but it was all cookies. I was like, I want a variety. Yeah. Oh my god. And it was awesome. It was awesome. That's
1: fantastic.
0: <laughs> well, I just think we need to take charcuterie out of pepperoni and cheese and turn it into <laughs> cookies or turn it into <laughs> breakfast. Put ham and bacon and some apples. Like any time of day, you can yeah. use your charcuterie board.
1: In the food media world, there has been an uproar over what people are calling charcuterie board.
0: <laughs> oh, really? Oh, because charcuterie actually yeah. So a you have thing. to have
1: meat. Yeah, you oh. have to have meat involved. So it's like oh, you yeah, have to either sense. call it a cheese board or a snack board or. Whatever it is relative to the ingredients that you have on it. So you can keep the word board. Yes. But you have to let charcuterie go at some point. Okay, so I
0: need to call it a brunch board. Yes. Or a cookie board. Yes. But not a cookie charcuterie board. No,
1: it can't be a cookie charcuterie board. (laughs)
0: See, these are the things that are going to make us better (laughs) this year, Charles. You are preparing us to be better But that is a
1: great idea, actually, like to just make a big grazing board because people love little bits and pieces of things. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, like, yeah, like, have some quiche and have – you can even, like, get a huge oversized wood board, put it on the countertop and have, like, quiche already cut up. Or you can do little frittata squares.
0: Oh, sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, Or maybe muffin
0: tin quiches.
1: Yeah. That. Or um, you can even do the egg cups.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Or a candy, do you have some candied bacon out there. Listen, do will some you just sausage? walk through candied bacon pimento for Pimento cheese for breakfast? Why not?
0: Yes, why not? Why not? Yeah. Don't limit me, 2020. Yeah, I'm pemen- having pimento cheese for yeah, breakfast Yeah,
1: with, with like some toast points or something? Uh-huh. I mean, yeah. I think we need to expand our minds when it comes to breakfast slash brunch.
0: Okay. Candy bacon. Tell us how to do it.
1: Candy if bacon. If people
0: don't know, they just don't know.
1: Okay, so... One thing is, it's messy, but it's worth it.
0: Okay, good um, to say.
1: So, sheet pan, put aluminum foil on the sheep pan for easy cleanup. Yes. And then your baker's rack, and then layer out the bacon. And then I do a par cook on it. So, I'll put it in for about 15 minutes to let it start oh, to go okay. ahead and sweat. and get, yeah. the, get some of the grease out of there already. Um, and then pull it back out, sprinkle brown sugar on it. Just light, evenly dusted across the bacon. I like a little black pepper, a little crushed red pepper flake. Oh, spicy. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And then just throw it back in the oven and let it finish cooking until crisp. You will have to rotate it a couple of times, okay. especially if you have hot spots in your oven because I've seen people burn it, not realizing there are hot spots in their oven. Um, So you should rotate it. But then you just let that... Sugar caramelized onto the bacon. Do you do both sides? And it's No. Okay. I just do one just side. Just one side. Yeah. Great.
0: That's so much easier.
1: And it's crispy, porky, sweet, yeah. spicy. If you don't like spice, you can cut back on it or omit it all together and just yeah. have sweet bacon. Yeah. But it's something you can have fun with because you can do a little barbecue rub on it.
0: Oh, wow. If you wanted to. Yeah, we just don't really treat um, bacon like an upgradeable thing at all. No,
1: you can put some, you can put adobo um, blend spice uh-huh. on it or sauzon or, I mean, you could have some real fun with it. Ranch powder, I mean.
0: What? Are you making that up or have you no, tried that?
1: No, you can totally, yeah. What? Ranch powder on bacon.
0: <gasps> well, why not? Take that I into didn't... your artillery. <laughs> yeah, serious. <laughs> I, um, I am a loyalist to bacon in the oven. Mm-hmm. I am not a bacon. Yeah, on the oh, stove. I
1: started. I started a Twitter rage over that one day. You
0: did. That was fun
1: times. People <laughs> were fighting me on that, but I was like, no, you're not going to win this do one. Do you
0: always do the wire rack?
1: Always, because you can. So you can do it on. You can do just bacon straight onto the sheet pan, but I don't like. I feel like I don't know. I, I I haven't timed it before, but I feel like it takes longer because it's cooking uh, in the grease, and there is water content in there yeah. that comes from the meat portion of the bacon, right? So I feel like it cooks quicker if you have another rack and allowing it to drain.
0: Now, here's my bougie response. Cleaning (sighs) Mm -hmm. those racks is
1: hard. It is. It's not fun. Right. It's not fun. But this is why I always recommend people have scouring, the scouring pads or the green, like, Brillo pad situations for it. I'm so glad you
0: brought this up because I have a real problem I need you to solve, and I just remembered. I got new stainless steel pots and pans for my birthday from my parents, Mm -hmm. and one of them I didn't clean it fast enough, so there's still some, like, brown coloring on the bottom of the...
1: Barkeeper's friend.
0: Barkeeper's friend. It's That's what Go Clean friend. Code says to do. Okay.
1: It's, put it on there. Rub it on. Let it hang out for a second. Come back to it. What? Scouring pad. It Great. should be gone. Can I use
0: a scouring pad on stainless yeah. steel? Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's yeah. what I was scared of. I was like, it should, be should I use this? No, no, no. Barkeepers. People swear but by that stuff. It is
1: legit.
0: Is it like the weirdest? It's either it's it's like either
1: it is. Oh (laughs) my gosh! It's either that or some good old elbow grease because you can definitely get it off with like your typical. Dishwashing liquid uh-huh. and a scouring pad, but you're going to go in circular motion yeah. for a little minute. I'm get a beefy but you can do, de- yeah. oh yeah, yeah. yeah, but you can definitely do it with low elbow grease if okay. you're if you have an aversion to chemicals. if you live in <laughs> sure. a green life,
0: sure. I don't know if you follow that account. It's called Go Clean Co. They're in Canada, Mm-mm. and she's like a cleaning expert, and mm-hmm. that and her thing is barkeeper's friend. I mean, it, she uses it on it everything. It saves lives. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's about to save a pan. That's for sure. I was like, wouldn't well, you know, the first time I used my <laughs> brand new pans, I
0: I browned one of them and I can't get it off.
1: Oh, my gosh, yeah. Our keeper's friend. Okay. Yeah.
0: We have a Christmas emergency and our food goes sideways. And what do we do?
1: Ooh. Um,
0: Something burns. Something's gone. Is there a backup that you always keep in your freezer or a backup you always keep in your pantry that we can go ahead and have on hand?
1: So I think it would depend on what it is. If you're from, so like if you're familiar with something that you know can go left field real quick. Yeah. Um I say always have like a backup, once again if it's in your budget, yeah. to have a backup of something in the freezer, so like Around the holidays, I always say it's great to, like, stock up on the vegetables. Okay. So, like, have a few different kinds of vegetables in your freezer. Have a few different canned items yeah. um, in the reserves in your pantry. Things that you can pull out and quickly fill in. So if you burn the corn pudding, then we're just going to have butter corn, and that's okay. Got it. Yes. But you can also take that butter corn. You can cut some onions up. You can throw it in there with the corn while it's boiling or whatever you can season the water with a chicken cube you can give you can bring some new life to just boiled corn itself mm-hmm. i don't know i think i think it's really you're going to really have to step outside of your comfort zone yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean i and kind keep of think about how to fix the situation all the time yes i have a can the, of cream beans all the time yes also keep chicken, keep the chicken bouillon cubes. Okay. The beef bouillon cubes. The ve- there's vegetarian, vegan bouillon cubes. Okay. Keep all those in the pantry. They make pots of soup and vegetable side dishes and all those things delicious on the fly. You don't have to think about the seasonings. Yes. Um. You don't have to. It helps you uncomplicate. Un- cooking really
0: right okay because they've already done the little seasonings for you in one little cube yeah so just toss them in at any time
1: yeah okay oh my gosh it it really brings things to life
0: I've got two more questions for you yeah is there anything we haven't talked about that you want to talk about
1: I don't know because I can talk about everything
0: (laughs) I know you're great at this You are. I hope this is the first of multiple episodes together that's what I hope we want to be adventurous between Christmas and New Year's what's the one recipe we try that we've never tried before
1: Mm, you want to be adventurous.
0: I mean, we got five days. We can screw it up. You know, no one's...
1: Yeah, this is true. I feel like it depends on how much you want to wow your audience.
0: Go as big a wow as we can do in our normal kitchen <clears throat> and not take up three... And not really be a 12-hour experience. I don't know. <laughs> what would you... I mean, anything. There's no wrong answer.
1: Because for New Year's, I love small bites. Oh, okay. I love I love small bites. And, like, in the past, a lot of our client menus have functioned around, like, grazing board situations because people want to mingle. People want to talk. Yeah. People aren't as into, like, a more formal meal, even right. though I guess we'll be doing a lot of that this year. Ah. Um But I also say why not have a grazed meal with your own family? Okay. Why not –
0: cuz then you could try create, five recipes you never yeah, tried. Yeah,
1: why not do like a mezze like situation where you create like some small plates yes. or you have like two or three different cold salads and then you do like one meat dish or you try stuffing the meat Okay. Um, I don't feel like people stuff meat enough and it's really delicious. No. But I think people are afraid of, like, how to cook stuffed meat Yeah, because I'm scared you have if to get I... the internal temperature. That's it. I'm
0: scared I'm going to poison all of us. And <laughs>
1: then you still want the meat to be moist. But yes. the secret into that is yeah. marinating the meat okay. one to two days before you do it. So that marinade really has a chance to, like, kind of break down the muscle and make it a lot more tender. So okay. throwing your mustard and your vinegar and... All those acidic things, lemon juice, citrus, to really like break down the muscle fibers. But yeah, I think like a this situation would be fantastic. I don't know that for, word. So it's oh gosh, don't no one sacrifice me. I think is is it Greek?
0: And it just means for like small
1: plates, like tapas. Yeah, it's another yeah, yeah, tapas. Another, yeah. Okay. okay. Um, so That's you, great because then we can so try like, like, like a yeah.
0: little salad we've never made before. We we can try. Yeah.
1: Oh, kind of massage kale salad. So like like if you want to do like Massaging a southern kale themed is the thing. kind yes. of thing, yeah. you could have pimento cheese okay. with like your favorite buttery crackers, some toast points. Oh, and something I do love with pimento cheese with people like you're bastardizing the culture <laughs> uh, <laughs> is buttered. I take non bread. Okay. And a little bit of butter in the skillet with salt pepper, press it down. Okay. And toast it on both sides. And you and literally that with you eat that with pimento cheese. Delicious. Okay. Oh my gosh. You can even put, if you wanted to get creative, don't tell your grandmother. <laughs> um, and have fun with pimento cheese. Go in there with some like warm spices, especially like Indian spices, like curry powder. Oh, wow. A um, little garam masala or.
0: And mix that uh, into your pimento, yeah, your grandmother's pimento cheese recipe? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Charles, you you are can have some real
1: caramelized onions folded into pimento cheese. It's, okay. It's a blessing. Okay, I will so. listen. I will do that. <laughs> I'm not above that at all.
0: And we can also join in your Patreon, following you on socials. Is it Charles Hunter the Third on socials? I mean, I know no, I follow you. No, it's at the
1: Salted Table. The Salted
0: Table. Okay, your on, name uh, just all, says all
1: across the board. But yeah, okay. my name is Charles Hunter the Third.
0: The Salted Table. Yeah. And so we can also just like go there and and try some of your recipes that you post.
1: Oh yeah, I, I give a lot of free content away like, just because I want people to be inspired. Yeah. I think. Cooking can come off as really intimidating to a lot of people. And, like, if they mess up something, they don't want to do it again. Yep. Or they do it very little. Or people just, like, will go get prepared foods. I mean, that's totally fine. But cooking is – Cooking is very approachable if yeah. you change your perspective on it. And just have fun. Be willing to mess up. Yeah, Cooking, being a great cook, is a lot of trial and error. Yeah. Everyone should know that going into it.
0: Which is why canned and frozen is a great place to start. Yes, definitely. Learn how to do green beans really well oh in the can. Oh, my gosh.
1: Canned green beans, drain the liquid off, a little butter in the skillet, let it start getting foamy and poppy. Add those green beans in there, and uh-huh. they caramelize the green beans until they start to shrivel okay. and get um, some caramelization on them. It's just a delicious situation. And you stop Little there. Salt and pepper. You don't
0: do uh, ham hock. You don't do. Oh onion. no,
1: no, no! <gasps> okay, just I'm like that
0: tonight.
1: Cane green beans, like caramelized, in a little bit of butter is so delicious. Oh, done. I, I used b- to I'll eat a bowl a of them when I was a kid.
0: Oh, I still... I ate green beans for dinner last night. Yeah, I dropped oh my, my phone in the pile of green beans. <laughs> <laughs> I was like holding it, and I dropped my phone in the container of green beans. Thank you for doing this today.
1: Yeah, thanks for treat. having me. It was fun. Oh, my fun.
0: gosh. Um, the last question we always ask. Yeah. Because the show is called That Sounds Fun, tell me what you do for fun.
1: Oh, my gosh. I love... I recently just cleaned up my garage because I love painting.
0: Oh, wow. So
1: trying to make some space where I can get back to painting. I love yeah. drawing and sketching. And then I love just playing in the kitchen, baking. Yeah. So, like, no recipe involved. Start throwing stuff in a bowl and see what happens.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. It's it's really a treat when your job off hours is also a great
1: hobby. hmm Yeah yeah people are like do you ever get tired of cooking I'm like mm, not really yeah like a day off is nice but it's what I <laughs> do and eat. I love yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like it's what I do and I, I love food so
0: uh, well Merry Christmas to you and to yeah, Jenna Merry Christmas to you thank you for making time for this
1: thank you for having me I
0: can't wait for all of our friends you're not even ready for how much people fall in love with our guests so they're about to you're about to have some <laughs> follows who teach you who are ready to learn a lot
1: I am ready to give them all the info
0: okay good Oh, friends, isn't he the coolest? Oh, my gosh, I learned so much. Okay, the wire racks for the bacon, done. Adding seasoning to my bacon, done. Browning the butter every time, okay. No longer a charcuterie board, but a brunch board. I'm interested. I'm very interested. He is changing my holiday cooking game. What a joy. Hey, make sure you're following him in all the places. Tell him thanks for being on the show. And if you want to join his Patreon, again, it's the Salted table where you can get more recipes and more awesome content from him. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That is how you can find me. And I'm Annie F. Downs, T-S-F, like that sounds fun, on YouTube. I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you, and I will do the same. And we get to keep this party going, and I'll see you back here tomorrow for day five of the 12 Days of Christmas with Kimberly Schlappman from Little Big Town. Y'all, I'm here to tell you this this conversation with Kimberly is one of the most profound ones we've had in a really long time. I, I think there's a lot for us in it. So can't wait for you to hear that tomorrow. See you at the party tomorrow. Merry Christmas.